Hi guys, welcome to the first episode of Real and Raw with your host Helen Derbyshire. I decided to start this podcast because one, I just absolutely love listening to other people's podcasts. Two, I find it's just an such an easier way to share information and consume information. Stay tuned for the rest that's to come, but for today we're going to get stuck into the first topic, which is going to be my transition from fitness to my current situation, both from a business perspective and a fitness perspective. Now, for those who do not know me from a fitness perspective, I competed eight times over the course of four years, sorry, and the last show being around three or four years ago. And I kind of gradually transitioned out of that over, you know, as I said, over the last three to four years to where I'm where I am now. Um, I'm not a competitor. I do not train five, six, seven times a week like I used to. Um, And you know what? I'm so okay with that. And I want this to be, um, I want to share my experience about this because I didn't used to be like this. And the thought of me missing a session and things like that used to get me so down. And I used to feel so controlled by fitness and nutrition. So I just want to give my perspective on that. I have an online coaching company, First and Fit, for those who aren't familiar. And I've had that since... I think around six years now and I want to know like where my transition like how I transitioned and how I feel comfortable transitioning and um you know my life's not the complete opposite now I'm not sharing as much fitness anymore and I want that to be seen as to be okay because I used to feel so bad if I didn't go to the gym as much or if I missed a workout and I don't want anybody to live in that control of something that's supposed to make you feel better so I'm not going to go too much into the like bits and bobs of how long I competed in this and that so I'm just going to start with my last show really and um some of my last two shows so my second to last um was probably the biggest show that I'd ever done um it was in London and I'd prepared so much for that and I know that's like you should prepare for them all but I honestly dedicated every ounce of my being to that show I did everything by the book you know the to the letter like everything was just perfect I posed I did this I did that I you know I just did gave my all basically and I looked the best I had ever looked, but um, when it came to show day, there was a few things um, that came up, and one being the president of the federation that I competed in um, penalised me for winning a, an award for best coach of the year award with another federation, and um, said I was going to be disqualified from that show um, despite me being there and being you know registered to compete that day. And um, resulting in me being one point off uh, third place, which would have entitled me to go to the Arnold Classic in, I think it was Madrid or Barcelona, I can't really remember right now. Um, So obviously that put me off quite a lot and to compete the following week. And I I heard I was going to be fined £100 (laughs) for uh, taking this award with a different federation, although I wasn't a member of the current federation by that point because the membership had expired. Um, So basically, the reason I'm telling you that is because my mindset changed very, very uh, dramatically. Um, I I felt very demotivated. I felt like all my hard work was just taken away from me. Uh, The feedback was very, it lowered my self-esteem quite a lot. Um, It was, you know, your face is too thin your face looks you look old (laughs) 
your legs are too big and by this point you know I was the smallest I'd ever been and I totally understand and appreciate that sometimes you just need to be leaner and it's you know when somebody a judge calls you big it doesn't mean they're calling you fat it just means you need to shrink a bit of muscle or whatever but I wasn't mentally prepared for that criticism which is very hypocritical because I'm standing on stage being judged but I was just in such a bit of a vulnerable state from the you know all the work that had gone into it and then such the anti-climax on show day and uh, that just changed my mindset um, quite a lot so I think that was just such a a huge point that I needed to mention um, because then after that show those six weeks were the hardest six weeks I've ever been well not ever been through I've been through worse but by that point was the worst I'd ever been through and I used to cry every single day because I just saw my body turn into something that I didn't want it to be and I I was trying to shrink I was trying to lose muscle and all that work I'd put in for the the last four years um I was trying to I was trying to get rid of it and it was very it, it was a dark time for me I wouldn't go as far as saying I was depressed but I was very very down and the person I was with at the time didn't necessarily support me in the way that was beneficial but I don't think they would have known how to support me in that situation and that's not me criticizing that person whatsoever um they were just simply trying to motivate me to come on you can do this you can keep going but I just had nothing left in me and words was supposed to be encouraging actually added more pressure to me and I felt worse and worse and I decided not to compete and I felt like I'd made the worst mistake of my life um I know that sounds dramatic but that's it literally how I felt in that moment um and I thought I'm gonna lose clients my business is not gonna survive um people are gonna judge me people are gonna think I'm lazy people are gonna think all these things and honestly it it was it was it was a bit of a rough time um and I actually feel after that show was the worst I'd ever been with food, not in terms of binging, in terms of the, the opposite. I was so like controlled by food and the weight of food and everything. Like I would feel guilty for not drinking enough water. I would, everything, I was so consumed by it. And through the whole prep where you're actually more restricted eating, I did not feel that way whatsoever because I just had this purpose. Whereas afterwards I'd I had a purpose, obviously, to sustain shape and things like that, but I was punishing myself for not looking the way that I wanted to by being stricter on my diet, and it was just such a rough time for me. Um, and then fast forward um, to, so that was in the July, so fast forward to um, around like Christmas time, I was still so lean, I had you know veins on my abs still at Christmas, and that was because my eating was so controlled, um, and then shortly after Christmas, probably end of January, I left that relationship. And um, I guess I was then able to be a bit more free in terms of getting out of the industry a little bit. Because, you know, when you're with somebody and you're both sharing that and you're both so into that, you know, so in that industry, it consumes a lot of you. Then when I moved back to Manchester, I, I did feel a little bit more free, but I still felt very um compelled to um perform like adhere to a certain ideology of you've got to um be perfect online and that's something what somebody told me in the past you know when I was in the relationship 
it would be you can't be seen to be doing this you can't be seen to be doing that you need to maintain this um persona because you are a coach and you are these things and i don't necessarily think it was coming from a negative place but now i look back it wasn't what i needed at that time felt so precious to just be this person who was so obsessed with fitness with this super strong mindset and never ate off a diet and never deviated and i was that person until i'd say january and i just started to realize that do you know what i don't want to do this all the time and it's making me actually more miserable and it is happy and um you know i i met somebody else and life became a little bit more about going for nice meals and going to the gym as well you know still training five days a week but still being able to relax on the weekend and have a meal without that guilt um so yeah so i i feel like that was kind of a little bit of a pivot point for me um and then i'd say fast forward around a year um i was going to compete again um but just because i had my mojo back i just loved it um I just loved the way the shape my body was in and I kind of didn't really want to compete to win I just wanted to go do you know what I can do that again um but maybe that was me kind of trying to pull back a little bit of control um and uh I, I got in I got in very good shape um I think I I dieted for around I don't know 10 weeks but it wasn't like a contest prep diet it was more of a like a photo shoot diet and then I continued on a kind of healthy off-season um kind of diet for a few weeks and then I went to Dubai and what I thought was going to be a fitness holiday it wasn't a fitness holiday I ended up just relaxing relaxing on the beach and drinking alcohol and just living life basically so when I came back uh, I had a coach at the time he was just like look if you want to compete you need to take things seriously and I knew that and I was just like oh okay okay so then after Dubai I bought a house and was moving in and it was super super stressful and then I ended up moving um 45 minutes away from um my family and where I was living um I was a little bit further out so it was kind of a little bit more it was a little bit it was a little bit harder for me to maintain that routine so I decided not to compete and um, that was around the time that I started my second business. The business involves more relationship building, networking, events, sometimes alcohol, a lot of eating out so it that again was another transition for me and it was quite alien and I feel like started to lose a part of myself and that this, was the darkest time I'd been through in my life um which started around I'd say about July but it was okay for say two months because I was excited by this new um this new business but I did start to feel like I was losing part of myself and my identity but I wasn't I was just transitioning and I beat myself up so much like why are you drinking and it wasn't that I was going out getting drunk I was just having a glass of wine with dinner or two glasses of wine but for me after four years of competing and then still a year or so still maintaining a strict lifestyle drinking was quite abnormal for me so I felt very you know felt very far away from myself um so uh, then it was I thought oh my god what who am I what am I like what am I doing am I lazy am I 
not that fitness girl like am I going off the rails and had to ask myself all these questions and um then I ended up spending more time in London and because I was so busy through the week it meant less gym sessions and then I was running two businesses and and at that point with Fierce and Fit I was probably doing 150 to 200 check-ins a week um and then I started another business and which which quite quickly grew um and it involved a lot of meetings it involved weekly trips to London um it involved a lot of work so I was probably working 70 if not 80 hours a week um I feel like even more sometimes because I'd work till three in the morning I'd be up at six so I just knew that if if I want I just tell myself if you want to succeed this is what you need to do and that left very little room for the gym and because I'd kind of transitioned already out of that um you know structured kind of bodybuilding lifestyle it was easier for me to not go um and I didn't necessarily always feel guilty because I knew I felt almost like I'd succeeded more because I'd achieved more with work and I could see my business thriving um both of them and yeah so that was the start of the the final transition for me I feel um but then it started to catch up on me and I because I live so I lived around 20 minutes from the gym which is not far at all um it was easy for me to make excuses not to go and then I didn't have time to make myself food well you know because I was just constantly back to back to back to back doing so much you know working from six till you know midnight sometimes if not three in the morning um, I didn't want to take the time away from my laptop to make food so I would just snack on rubbish and packs of sweets and things like that so I started to see that my body kind of started to change and then that was very very hard for me um, I used to look at myself in the mirror and honestly just feel disgusted and I've never really felt disgusted by the way that I look because that's such a harsh word Um even now, I look nothing like I did then. I probably look, you know, more body fat or whatever, but I don't feel disgusted when I look at myself. So I just knew my mindset was very, um, was not in a good place at that time. Um, and I just, uh, my self-esteem really lowered. I used to tie jumpers around my waist because I thought my legs looked fat and my hips looked fat. And then I started to just like isolate myself from people, um, especially like my family, my friends, I stopped seeing people, but that necessarily wasn't just because of the way that I looked off. Was, I felt very down. down because of all these contributing factors. Like I felt like I was losing myself through going into this new phase of my life. Um, I felt like I was losing my shape and my body. Um, so I became very, very down. So that is why I isolated myself. So yeah, I would say that those months were the hardest months that I've ever faced when it comes to my body um and I still find it I still find it quite hard to think back to that point um yeah it was it was not a good time at all and Um, I don't really feel like I ever got that mojo back when it comes to fitness because I kind of felt always like I didn't want to look at myself in the mirror in the gym and um, I went through that battle for quite a while and then that that cycle of feeling that way continued and then socialising because I had to with work and I was so new to this 
business and industry, I didn't want to say, sorry guys, I can't come out for dinner and drinks because I want to stay in shape. You know, I, I just couldn't do that um, or even just turn clients down and things like that. So I was drinking more and then I'd hate myself for it. I ended up moving to London um, for my business and um, that was around December. So that was how- more drinking, more eating and then it was Christmas and then I kind of just started to get used to myself. Probably I lived in London from from the December, I think it got to like January, February. I started to just get used to myself um, and I didn't feel disgusting. I just felt, yeah, you're not as lean as you used to be, but so what? Like that's not what your life is. And I just started to understand. And that trans- that acceptance came through self-development. It didn't become because I didn't get any lean. I didn't lose weight. I didn't do anything. I didn't go to the gym more or less. Um, but around that point, I was probably training like three times a week. Um, so I wasn't like, you know, really trying to achieve anything like with my body. I just accepted myself and that self-acceptance just takes you to a whole nother level. So for me, I didn't necessarily practice. I love my body. I love this. I love that. I just developed myself a lot and started to understand what I love to do. And you know what? I do love to have a glass of wine with my friends like stop feeling guilty about it you know what I don't love is the pressure of feeling like I have to go to the gym five days a week so as soon as I understood what I liked and what I didn't like that self-acceptance just came and like again fast forward a year to where I am today um you know I don't train as much as I want to sometimes but I'm okay with that because I'm healthy I'm active I eat very healthy with the odd things in between. Um, I don't go out for as many meals as I used to because, you know, I'm in the new place with Chris and we love to cook. So we cook super healthy meals. Sometimes we just have breaded chicken and a jacket potato. Do you know what I mean? It's just whatever. Like I don't stress about things anymore. I don't think, oh my God, how much, how many grams of protein is in that chicken? It's just whatever. Um, But I wanted to share this with you all because I want you to know that I have been there. I've been through those dark times and I've come through. And I think a lot of people have the perception, especially through my fitness days, that I had it all together. And you know what? On paper, yes, I did have it all together because it was so controlled. But mentally, was I happy or was I a prisoner to the diet and training? I was an absolute prisoner. Um especially after my shows like I, I can't say that for the shows because I honestly thrived off the structure and I loved it and I was competing so it was a sport so it's completely different attitude to so you, you you know you can't listen to this and be like oh I'm I'm obsessed you know I'm controlled by diet and training if you're competing because you almost have to be um but when you come out of that you need to just self-develop and self-reflect on what it is you actually want from life and for me I just I fell out of love with the fitness industry the way it was. I felt like it was such a bitchy space to be in. Um, And I feel like that has changed now. Um, I feel like that's changed a lot. Um, Or maybe I'm just not as engrossed in it all anymore. Um, I feel like people are kinder in in the fitness industry, um, more so now than ever. 
Um, I feel like it's more about lifestyle. It's more about sustainability. Um, it's not so much about who's got the best abs and who's winning the most shows and you know but I think that could be also to do with the fact that the federations that I was competing in um back when I was competing I don't even think they lo- they exist anymore um and they just fueled like a toxic behavior from competitors in my honest opinion um you know I'd be backstage at shows and girls would hide your shoes and things like that and you know when the judges are, are being very very negative towards you and you have to go to certain posing workshops and buy certain bikinis and you know it's almost like a cult so I feel like that no longer exists or maybe it does but I'm not um exposed to it anymore um so yeah so that is kind of my mindset around how I transitioned with my body and things like that and then from a business perspective um it kind of goes hand in hand with that um I was you know so engrossed with with fit and fit and as you just heard how many hours a day I was I was working to maintain that business and as I transitioned myself the business transition so I went from you know being a competitor and I had such a huge client base of competitors I was in such fear that I would lose those competitive clients but I actually retained them and gained lifestyle clients and and then Fierce and Fit went to an annual turnover of six figures so it was the my business peaked when I actually made that first transition from competing to not competing so it did help um but for me personally I feel a lot of my mindset towards biz, my fitness business changed when I left that first relationship that I spoke about earlier in this podcast. And I stopped running the business for, for the money. And I started that business to help people. And I was in a relationship with somebody that was very, very money focused. And it was all about keeping up with the Joneses. And so for me, there was a lot of pressure Um to maintain that and when I moved back to Manchester I just refined it so much more and you know it wasn't about numbers it was about quality and you know that is when my business thrived and that is when it jumped to that six-figure annual turnover and that reminds me and I always think about that point of don't do things just for money don't chase the pound you need to have more than your purpose needs to include more than that you can't just be focused on the money because that is when you will become miserable and that's something that's still instilled in my brain today um so kind of going back to after digressing quite a bit going back to um when I was transitioning and how the business was transitioning the business continues to flourish with this amazing range of clients that wide range of clients from all over the world that I just loved it I fell back in love with coaching all over again um but I I did see there was a slight problem with I just failed to see a little bit that scalability um, for me in a service such a service based business that was me and you know I implemented other you know other coaches that would support me with all the check-ins and things like that and you know sometimes the girls just wanted me so I could see there was a problem with that scale like being able to scale that much further than it was longevity in a service-based business um that was based on myself so um I saw an opportunity and I grabbed it with both hands and it's a space that I'd been in it was you know it was in marketing which I had a lot of experience in I'd you know marketed my own business online for 
five years and I'd also done some marketing for Starbucks and O2 uh, the phone stores back when I lived in South Wales and I just kind of understood um, how to scale a business online and um, I saw opportunities to to create something so I created a digital marketing agency um, which initially started in Manchester and then um, quickly progressed to London which is why I'm why I'm in London and why I moved here and that is a business that I have you know there's a lot more scalability to it so for me there wasn't uh it wasn't a decision to jump ship whatsoever. It was, let's keep this successful business going and let's start a second one that has a bit more scalability. And and I will just keep repeating that process of, I will I assess my businesses and I look, right, okay, where is there going to be a limitation on this? And is there going to be a limit on what we can achieve with that business? Um, but you have to look at businesses quite black and white. You have to remember why you started, um, because that is what's going to get you out of bed in the morning. It's I, did, I didn't start my second business for just for money. I saw an opportunity to challenge myself and be creative. And that is something that I didn't feel I got from First and Fit. I didn't feel I was able to be creative. I felt like I was able to be an amazing support system to a range of amazing women. But I just couldn't be my creative self. And I've done art and design at college. And, you know, I am quite a creative person. So um, for me, that's why I started. And... Do you know, even now to this day, we won't work with clients that, that do not allow us to be creative. We do it just for the money. So that's what I'm saying when it's it's not always about the money. Um, but you have to also recognize when there's only so much you can earn. There's so many hours in the day. Like for me, personal training just didn't make sense to me ever. Um, and that's why I stayed with the coaching. Because um, there's only so many hours in a week. And s certain areas you can only charge, you know, £20, something like that an hour. Um, well, not so much in London. I think they charge about 100, but you get the point. Um, that is why I created a second business. It was to challenge myself. It was to open another door of opportunity and it was to be creative and fulfill my purpose a bit more. And yeah, also to have another revenue stream. So um, that is basically my transition in a nutshell. So um, I'm going to summarize by saying thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it so much. And stay tuned for the next podcast, which is going to be on relationships. And then part two is going to include the perspective from Chris from a male point of view. So if you have any questions, pop them on my Instagram and we will be sure to answer them. Over and out, guys. Have a great evening.